Well, hello, everybody. It's so good to be back after my sabbatical and had a great time the last couple of Sundays preaching again. Still trying to get caught up. Sabbatical was awesome, but you come back and it is just a whirlwind trying to get caught up on everything that happened the last couple of months before. So I thought I'd take a little bit of time in this five questions podcast episode and answer some questions about the sabbatical because a lot of people are curious and want to know. And I thought, well, this would be a way that I can actually show you some pictures from it and talk about what it was and and why you take it. So the first question is, what is a sabbatical and why take one? Well, a sabbatical is often given to pastors because of the unique challenges involved in their job. It's most common for preaching pastors because the spiritual and emotional and mental toll that the job takes can be very draining. And it's nearly impossible to recover from that without an extended break. A two-week vacation won't do it. It's week three or four that you finally start to get some of the rest that you need to recover from all of that. And I won't go into all the specifics of it, but pastors know what I'm talking about, just the drain that it can be. There's a lot of stress that pastors deal with, a lot of depression, actually. That's why a lot of pastors quit just in the last couple of years. A ton of pastors have quit. There's a lot of burnout in ministry. And and ministry jobs are just they're unique because there's this spiritual element to them. There's spiritual warfare involved. Uh, people place spiritual significance on lots of things in the church world that in a business setting, wouldn't have a spiritual component to it as much. And then if they don't like something, they might take it out on the pastor. And the pastor's family often feels a lot of this. The stress that happens in the church ends up going home with the pastor. And even though you try to flip that switch and turn it off, it still ends up having an impact. So there are other benefits as well for taking a sabbatical beyond just the the rest and refreshing for the pastor. It's also great for the staff and it's great for the church. For the church staff, it's a chance to serve and lead in different ways that they won't always be able to do. It helps for them to be ready to take over in the case of an emergency because it's kind of a little bit of a run through of what would happen if we didn't have our senior pastor for a couple of months. And it gives them opportunities to grow in ways they might not have otherwise been able to. And then for the church, it's a great chance to hear from other speakers, uh, which we had a wonderful series called The Verse That Changed Everything and some great guest speakers, not only our own preaching team for half of it, but then speakers from outside as well. And it's a great reminder that the church doesn't revolve around one person and God designed the church to work as a team. And so it's just a chance to put that into practice even more than normal. So another question would be, do other pastors get sabbaticals? And in some churches, the senior pastor is the only one that gets a sabbatical. In other churches, other pastors in the church also get sabbaticals. And that's how it works at our church. Every pastor can take a sabbatical. And then last year, we implemented a new plan, which is very unique. I actually don't know of any other church that does this, where all of our staff can take sabbaticals. And we see several benefits for this. For one thing, it makes a job here more attractive. It also recognized that there is a spiritual weight to all of the jobs at the church, not just the pastoral jobs. And it forces the rest of the staff who aren't on sabbatical at the time to have to understand what that person who is gone for a while does and make sure that we can cover for them. And so that contributes to an overall culture of teamwork and not having any single point of failure for anything that we do. So what did I do on my sabbatical? Well, the first week was a real struggle for me because I was basically on ministry detox. I'm so used to checking emails and being in meetings and being in the loop on all the important things and studying a lot. 
that it was really hard not to. It was very hard to just take a break and to shut my mind off. And it, it really it didn't work the first couple of weeks. Week two was a little bit better, but it was still a big struggle for me. It wasn't until week three that I finally settled down and my mind stopped racing. I mean, really, my mind was racing those first couple of weeks. Uh, I, I couldn't sleep. And then week three, I finally started to sleep better. My stress level went down uh, tremendously. It was very noticeable, not just for me, but for my family. I got to do a lot of work around our house. I got to spend a lot of time with my family, with our kids. Then we took a family trip up to Chicago. We went to the Museum of Science and Industry, which is one of our favorite places up there. My parents came down with us as well from Michigan, and then they took the grandkids back to Michigan for grandparent camp. And Jenny and I got to head out to Washington State to get away just the two of us, which was amazing. We toured Seattle. We spent the night on the Puget Sound, which was just beautiful. The next day, we went to North Cascades National Park, and we saw Diablo Lake, did a little hiking around there. Then we went to, the next day, the Maple Loop Pass Trail, beautiful views of lake, and there just a fantastic day of hiking that took the whole day to hike around that. And then the next day, we hiked up to Artist Point for great views of Mount Baker, and we decided actually to spend the night there. We, we didn't know if we were going to do this or not, but it ended up working out. We spent, spent the night there stargazing, and we could see the Milky Way and lots of amazing constellations in the sky. Then the next morning, we went to Pike Place, which is the home of Starbucks and Throne Fish, for that matter. There's a fish market there, lots of other neat things. They're also famous for their chowder. And so we tried four different kinds of chowder, which were all absolutely incredible. The next day, we went over to Mount Rainier and we hiked a couple different trails around Mount Rainier. That was pretty fun. The day after that, we went a little ways away from there, hiked an old fire lookout station trail, which takes quite a while to get to, a few hours to get up there. And once we were there, we stayed for the sunset, which meant waiting around for a few hours. But it was fun. We had great conversations, met some really cool people while we were there. And then as we're sitting down, waiting for the sun to set, an old friend from like 15 years ago in Virginia happened to walk by. She was hiking up the same day. So we reconnected with her, watched the sunset, hiked back down. And then we drove out to Olympic National Park, where the North American version of Mount Olympus is. It was incredible mountain range, beautiful place. We stayed there for a few days. We saw waterfalls. There's an ancient forest there called Ancient Groves, which was beautiful. That was one of my favorite parts of the whole trip. Just very unique place. It feels like you could shoot a movie there. It's so beautiful. The, the pictures just don't even do it justice or the videos. We also got to hike through a rainforest because there are a lot of different, um, different temperate zones or climate zones or whatever you call them out there at Olympic National Park. And we got to see some amazing coastlines. So very unique places. We got to see a lot of different things while we were there. Really, really had fun. And we did some of our most intense hiking at this spot in Olympic National Park. And we would have actually done more. We would have kept going, but we had to stop and get back. Now, along this trip, we really met some incredible people. And it was a lot of fun just getting to know people that hike. It seems like most of the time, if people are hiking, they, they tend to be pretty friendly people and uh, or they just haven't had human conversation in a while. So we got to have great conversations with them. And then, of course, just spending time together, Jenny and I, more time together alone than we have in the last 10 years. So that was amazing. 
Then we spent a week back here in St. Louis before we took our family to Branson. We have never been to Branson before, believe it or not. We've been in St. Louis six years, had never been down to Branson. So we did Silver Dollar City and Top of the Rock and the Whitewater Park down there and a bunch of other things. It was super fun. Um, but my favorite part was going to see Esther at Sight and Sound Theater. Wow, that was amazing. It was so well done and it was way better than I expected. I'm usually pretty skeptical of a lot of, of a lot of Christian entertainment because it just isn't always done very well. And I appreciate the message and I appreciate what they're trying to do, but I want it to be done with excellence. And boy, this was, this was absolutely fantastic. I would recommend it to anyone. Then we came back to St. Louis for a little over a week before driving out to Colorado. That was a long drive. I've been to Colorado multiple times before. I've never driven there from St. Louis. So that is a long, slow road through Kansas. Uh, but we went to Pikes Peak and drove up that. We walked around the Garden of the Gods. We stayed at the YMCA out there for a couple of days, did all sorts of activities on their campus, which was super fun. And we ended up with a few days of hiking in the Rockies, saw amazing lakes and great, beautiful mountains, lots of good wildlife. Our oldest two kids really fell in love with hiking on this trip, especially when they were allowed to kind of go off on their own and explore and do some bouldering. So we had a lot of really fun family exploring time while we were out there. Then we got back to St. Louis and I hit the books and studied hardcore for the new sermon series that we're in right now. And I got most of the way done with our basement remodel as well, which has been a huge project going on for the last year. It seems like every week I find a new tool that I need to buy or a new problem that didn't I didn't anticipate that somehow we have to solve. Uh, but we've saved so much money by me doing the work myself. And now I have more tools that I was able to buy with that money. So it's a win-win, right? Uh, what did I learn from my sabbatical? Well, the framework for the sabbatical for me was refresh, renew, and reload. The refresh part is the extended break from preaching and ministry leading and some of the spiritual struggles of just working at a church. The renew part is about personal growth. So I did a lot of reading and listening to podcasts for personal growth. Some really great books about time management, about pastoral leadership and struggles, and it was just very refreshing for me. I also, I completed my licensing requirements for the EFCA before my sabbatical started, and I actually got my license uh, finalized and approved during the sabbatical. So that was really nice. I did meet with a pastoral coach as well, and I'll continue doing that. Had a great time connecting with him, and I connected with some other pastors from the past who've helped me grow in ministry and have been doing some just personal accountability and growth things with them. So that was really nice. Now, for the reload part, I read a lot more books about ministry topics and leadership and the series that we're going through right now. I spent a lot of time thinking about not only that series, but future ministry in the church and our staff structure and our goals for the future, what my focus would be for the next few years as, as things just naturally change and shift as we're hopefully bringing on new staff in the near future and, and what that will look like. Of course, I did spend a lot of time working on the pastoral searches during this as well. So I've been involved in the interview process. And even as we have people come in, I take time and, and meet with them. So that, that didn't change even during the sabbatical. But I also worked on the preaching plan for next year, worked on some of the staff training that I want to do with our team over the next year. I worked on what our church focus could be for the next year. And that's one where we have an elder retreat coming up. So I'll bring that. I've already shared it with our elders, but we'll kind of talk more about what that focus could be and 
and put some more meat on the bones of that at the elder retreat. And then it goes to our staff retreats. We have a couple staff retreats that will finalize that even more. So it's a very productive sabbatical too, which is nice for me. I don't want it to just be relaxing. I want to, I want to get stuff done. That's kind of the way I'm wired. So when is my next sabbatical? I'm eligible for a sabbatical for every five years of ministry employment here. So it will be about five years before the next one. And um, I think that the next one will probably be more international. My kids will be older then. We may try to take them on a mission trip and spend some time overseas. That's a big part of life for Jenny and I. That's been a huge part of our lives, just to be overseas, explore, do ministry there. We haven't been able to do that with our kids yet because they're so young. So I think that we'll be doing more of that. And in the meantime, before that happens, I'm going to try to follow the advice that my counselor gave me almost a year ago, which is to develop a sabbatical mindset. I want to maintain more balance in my life and try not to take as much of the stress of pastoral leadership home with me and just build in more margin through vacation time and being more strict about my days off. There are so many good things that I get to do and so many great requests that people send me that it's really hard for me to say no. I want to say yes to everything and everyone. And at times in the past, I have had people get really upset with me and even go on little crusades against me because I said no to something that they wanted me to do. Or in some cases, I just didn't do it quickly enough for them. So I've struggled with that a bit and with keeping good boundaries because of that. But I've learned I've got to be consistent about that, not only for my sake, but for my family. There are just lots of good things that I can't do, that I have to be able to say no to if I'm going to stay healthy and sane. <laughs> um, there's so many people that I would like to meet with and spend time with and ministry activities I'd like to go to and be involved in and, and projects that I want to spend more time on. But I've got I've to learn to do better at saying no to some of those things um, for my own longevity and ministry and to make make have more healthy margin and balance before the next sabbatical hits. So it's been challenging, you know, first couple of years being the new pastor in the church, there's a lot of requests and demands and then COVID added its own element of challenge there. Uh, for this sabbatical I desperately needed the rest time and I needed a lot more than I realized. So I want to make sure I have a little better margin and balance over the next 5 years so that I don't need it quite so desperately next time around. So that was a big takeaway for me, actually, from all of this was just the need to prioritize rest in my life and to actually safeguard it more than I have been able to. A lot of times my days off have I, I have allowed ministry functions to bleed into them too much, and I need to be more careful about that moving forward. And that would be my challenge to everyone is just, you know, uh, God's no dummy when he says that we need rest and no, we're not under a a seven, seventh day sabbatical requirement anymore. Paul makes that clear. Um, but the principle is still there. We need rest in our life. That's how God designed us. If God decided to rest, even though I don't think he needed it, I think he did it as an example, as a model for us to follow. So we should do that too. My other big takeaway was just how awesome God's creation is. I spent so much time. We hiked, I think, over 40 miles just in Washington, Jenny and I did, and then several more miles in Colorado. And seeing the beauty of his creation. Honestly, it was good for my faith. It was good for my soul. It gave me a big boost. And um, just out admiring his creation, it helped that it was Washington State in Colorado where there's just amazing stuff to look at everywhere you look. And that was really cool. So th those are my two big takeaways, rest and just the beauty of God's creation. Make sure you take time to get out there and enjoy it because he's made a beautiful world 
And, and part of that is, is for us to be able to explore and, and to, to manage and, and rule over, which is such a privilege that he's given us. So that's it for this video. It's a little different, I know, than usual. But next time I'm going to be back here with five really interesting questions. So I hope to see you there.